What's up everybody, this is Elliot Terrell and you're listening to Magical Thinking. This is a special episode. I think I'm going to start doing these. It sounds fun and I had a great time doing this one. This is the special Golden Gate Gathering live episode? I don't know what that means. It's a group podcast episode. So, the special guests are Michael Felpin, Rahul Srinivasan, Theron Schaub, three guests I have already had on the podcast, three dear friends. All of their episodes are excellent. I highly recommend that you listen to those so that you know who is talking at what time (laughs) during this episode. And the fourth guest, and there are also some special pop-in guests that happen throughout, but the fourth guest is Alex Schaefer. He's a magician here in Los Angeles, and recently a new friend of mine. He was my roommate at the Golden Gate Gathering, which is the convention that Theron Schaub puts on, and that Michael and Rahul will be helping to take over for the next year and the following years. It's one of my favorite conventions. I always have a wonderful time. We were tired. It's a short episode. We all just kind of talk about what's going on at the convention and how it feels and what it's like to put on something like this. It's really fun. It's interesting. Some of you may not have ever thought about what it's like to start your own convention, and some of you may not have ever even been to a small convention like this. They're really great. I had a wonderful time, and I think that you will enjoy listening to it. As always, Follow us on all the social media channels, facebook.com, instagram.com. Search for Art of Magic. Search for Magical Thinking Podcast. You'll find us. Give us some likes. Give us some love. There's also a Facebook group for the podcast. There's cool conversation going on over there. You want to be a part of it. And if you love the show, you should do two things. One, go on iTunes or wherever you are listening to the podcast and show it some love. Leave a like or give it a review and a rating. Anything helps. I appreciate it. Makes me feel good and special inside, but it also helps me share the podcast with a wider audience, which I think is important. Like I said, this show is not about method. It is for anybody that's interested in magic. It is for magic enthusiasts. The second thing is to go to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash magical thinking, and you can support the show. You get access to exclusive content that I'm doing on my own, on the side, apart from Art of Magic, that is fun and interesting and entertaining for me to produce, but hopefully for you to help you get a better grasp on culture, style, food and drink, other weird stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of content in the pipeline, and I'm excited to share it with you. So go to patreon.com slash magicalthinkingpodcast and support the show. It's all pretty self-explanatory. You'll understand it as soon as you see it. So, thank you again for listening. This is the Golden Gate Gathering episode, and without any further ado, enjoy. It's a birthday party. It's like 200 people. Yeah, it's a birthday party for a 21 year old. For a 21st, yeah. But it is good to hear that we are not the only ones who can be incredibly loud in this hotel. Yeah. We aren't actually incredibly that I loud this year. I think every year there's been somebody in there that's had like a crazy event. No, I've talked to Debbie actually. Rahul is with me and oh, okay. Debbie's our... Are we recording? Uh, we are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was not yeah. going to ask that like it's on, dude. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> so I talked to Debbie and she's like, you guys just like in year two had one of the top three destructions of all time in her 15-year career. Amazing! <laughs> what was it? Uh, it was the room that, I think it was the year Michael Feldman broke a mirror. No, that was <laughs> that was year one. Okay, that so was year one. Year one then, Michael Feldman broke a mirror and uh, literally the entire um, suite smelled like booze. So I wasn't here for this, but what I heard everywhere. from the manager was there was a Cheeto fight, apparently. <laughs> so there were ground-up Cheetos in the floor and the carpets to the point where they're like they called Kent and they're like hey you're gonna have to pay like a $500 cleaning fee and he left work because he was pissed and you know Kent yeah and uh, he goes over to the hotel walked into the room and walked out and said nothing and it was like and then like effusively apologized six months later and like I guess must have bought them a gift basket or something uh, because I, he was I very concerned we that, yeah back. that was 
that could have been the end of this conference. Yeah. Like, right then. Well, right. dear. Well, dear. Tell us about the beginning, because like you've been here f- since the beginning. What do you mean? Like GGG. Yeah. Where let's did answer all those questions. <laughs> yeah, friend. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I think this GGG invokes some of the memories and the emotions that we was trying to that we had in GGG one, especially with Armando, because that was a very special moment. Yeah. Um, having him up in the session suite just perform for the attendees, and at that time we had like thirty people. And in Armando's lecture, he was talking about you know, that time when he did that one trick for the lady and she broke down crying. Well, he had everyone cry, almost a teary died, you know, on GGG1. And I felt that same emotion come out again um, in his lecture. So I was like, after his lecture, I was like, that's why I do this conference. It was like, ah, so good. Everyone was good. All the lectures were good. But like that for me just was icing the cake like 10 years later. Yeah. And then Michael, you got a nice shot. Yeah. Me. But the, just, I was going to say, just to step on all of the nice emotion that you brought out right there. Yeah. Uh, my crowning <laughs> moment of the last, you know, 20 minutes was that uh, I, I was like across the room in the session suite and GGG for the last 11 years has had the same session suite, same session suite for the whole time, every single year. And so 20 minutes ago, I got to look across the room and take this picture of Armando Lucero and Theron standing across the bar looking at each other, since I have that exact same picture from 11 years ago. Oh my god, uh, that's amazing. I need to see this. Although the difference, the difference is now you're both just talking and having a good time. And 11 years ago, you were showing him the 21 card trick. That's right. That's a good version of it, <laughs> it though. Was a good, it, it is a good version of the 21 card trick to the extent such a thing is possible. I, I'd, be willing to, <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that Theron was also not wearing a suit 11 years ago. I was wearing a suit. <laughs> But was it in your tongue? No. (laughs) I just, this was new information. Yeah, absolutely. I was in my tongue. We've all Live and learn, you guys. Live and learn. That's right. I'm working on the learning part. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Everyone's got jackets on this room except. No. 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 Mm -hmm. Half the room. Everyone's got shoes on in this room. No. Mm, No. Of course, the Indian guy. Oh, well, yeah. Um. God damn it. I got already got to write something down to take out the podcast. <laughs> what, the Indian guy? Yeah. I'm not offended. I am Indian. I know you're not offended. I know you're ending. I was trying... Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as long as this conversation... He's got to cut a lot more of it out. Yeah. <laughs> right. there we go. Uh, it's fine. We'll leave it in. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm so... This yeah. is... Yeah, it's the best. This is the best convention. It's my favorite. Thanks, man. Dude, mine too. And not just because it's like around my birthday every year, but because I think... Um, I was talking to Roman yeah. yesterday. And and he's like, Bro, like, how many times have we actually met and hung out? And I was like, less than ten. Yeah. <laughs> right? I didn't go right? to the first few We, we had the same conversation. <laughs> and, and Roman's like, right, so why is it that, like we have this close relationship where I like actually care and whatever. And I was like, I don't know, but it is absolutely true. And I think some of the friendships founded here for me are stronger than any of the other friendships I have in magic. But that's for me, that's true of, of a lot of magic inventions. Like some of the people I consider to be closest friends, I see two, three times a year and I see them two, three times a year at magic conventions and sometimes I like I don't actually know where they live like I have no idea what city they live in but I know that I'll see them at whatever magic convention I'm going to and it's just it's super awesome and one of the coolest things about making friends in the magic world for me is that I end up with friends in every city in the U.S. and a ton of cities outside the U.S. just by virtue of going to magic conventions and because we all come to the same place engage in friendship fool the shit out of each other and then go away and when I'm traveling I can like find and see my friends that I happen to randomly yeah, totally stop true. by in whatever city which is really cool and it, it, it here as here as well as anywhere here meaning GGG as well as anywhere else I mean, the rare exception here is that we don't have to fly halfway across the country to that hang out, nice. you yeah. and I. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to drive 20 minutes each. <laughs> I think the overall mood of this one was a lo- little less intense than years past, just because there was that hanging, overhanging 
thing or stigma that this was going to be our last one, and so people are a little sad. Yeah, I but definitely look, think there's that. been a stigma that this is going to be the last GGG for like the last five years in a row. It also doesn't help that Craig got on Facebook and was like, "This is the last one, you guys, for real." <laughs> but also, it's ten, right? It's a nice round number. It is, if yeah. you were going to cap it, this would be the place. Yeah. And I'm super honored that you're bringing us on board to help out, and that's something I'm looking forward to. I'm not going to ever publicly admit that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm take I'll take it out. I'll take it out. It's out. It's already gone. Very excited you guys are on board. It'll be good. Well, what was the what was the beginning? What was the the purpose of putting it on? To honestly, we were like, okay, well, if we can bring guys, if we, if we can host a convention in our area for less than it would cost for three of us to pay airfare, hotel, and travel expenses, that would be a success. Yeah. And so in the first couple of years, we didn't even make money. We, this conference doesn't make money. If you want to get in the business of magic conventions, don't do this. Yeah. It won't make money. None of them make money. No. <laughs> um, and we, but we, that's not the purpose. Yeah. The purpose is not. The purpose is to create uh, an experience that is unlike that of other conferences out there. And I saw an opportunity to where my favorite parts of conferences are the ones where you sit down with your friends and you talk and converse, you get to know people that you don't know, and then session. Uh, my least favorite parts of conferences were the lectures <laughs> and the dealer's rooms, which is crazy. But so we did it, we designed it with no dealer room. We only have Byron Walker, sell books, and then we brought in a mixture, a variety of people that were not mainstream on purpose. So the people that would come here, you look at our lineup and they scratch your heads because you've never heard of these guys like Ron Connolly. Right? He's yeah. probably one of the foremost experts in sleight of hand gambling in the world. No one knows who he is. Only a handful of people actually know what he's capable of. And that's the type of guy that we want. Truly underground people that can come in with their area of expertise and just dominate. And the lecture's awesome, but like last night I got to sit down with Ron Connolly at, I don't know, 3.30 in the morning and sit there and talk about breakoffs and mucks and transfers for 35 minutes one-on-one -on -one with him fixing my hand position, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that you don't get at any major convention. Like, speakers are not accessible, I think, because there is too much going on, and they have other people they want to see, and I don't blame them for it, but here... It, it they're is. stuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but, it, but I think it's more than that. Because one of the coolest things about this convention is that it's the choice of people who are... Because you said that the choice of people is to sort of get underground people that people haven't heard of and that have something interesting to share, but that people might not have necessarily known. But, you know, the last GGG that happened had the very unknown, very underground Tom Mollica. I mean, right, like, there are big names here, too. There uh, are big names, but just to counter that, Tom Mollica had previously been retired for 20, 30-plus years and had never done a lecture and had just come out of retirement. And so he did his brand. He didn't do Red Skeleton. No, of He was doing a new thing. So the, I guess to expand on the premise of underground, we wanted some... Uh, just special people. Sure, but and like, they're all, you know what I mean? Like Kainoa's lectured here before, and Curtis Cam's lectured here. Yeah. And like, the, the, we have, there's some big Kenner names. was here. Kenner, was, Kenner was here, like, yeah, Chris Kenner sure, we does not Kenner. qualify yeah. as, as undergrad. I get but, that. Uh, but the I think the, the cool thing about this convention uh, that you've expressed to me a number of times, uh, especially like when we've talked about brainstorming, like, oh, who would we want to come? Like, if we could choose who was going to come next year, who Don't would tell we them be there? Who we're thinking. No, I'm fine. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, team. David Cockerfield. The quickest way that I've ever heard you say absolutely yes or absolutely no to some person's idea is, if, is, is whether that person would be cool and fun in a session. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't, we, like, you and I also don't particularly care. Uh, how big a name the person is going to be if the, after the lecture they're going to hide in their room and not hang out or if they're going to be sort of stodgy and aloof and not talk to people. And the coolest thing about this convention is no matter how big or how small a name the person is, they're always in the session suite, they're always hanging out, yeah. and they're a major part of the jam sessions no matter what. And like that, that to me is the coolest part about this convention because I don't... 
I don't know of another convention. I guess Buffalo Fifty Two maybe does this. Dan um, Block's got yeah, Dan Block does yeah. this, but but Dan Block is is harder. Or Dan Block enforces that by having a convention in a space in which you literally like there's nothing else for twenty miles. Like you have to stay in the room because there's literally nothing else around. I give Dan uh, Block credit because that's honestly going back to your question, Elliot, about where this all started. Yeah. We all flew to Dan Block's Buffalo conference. We're like, this is great, but Buffalo is really far. <laughs> it's really hard to get to. Yeah. Like, we don't want to fly to Buffalo. Yeah. And so we decided yeah, to so have it here. Yeah. But yeah. we but you bring people in who then the yeah. name big or small are in the jam session and hanging out all the, all the time. It's great. I love the fact that there's no um, hierarchical exclusivity here, right? And like, Alex, you're here for the first time. Yeah. Like, I don't think... There's like a special dinner that nobody can go to. People are like, hey, we're going to go here now. Like, want to come? Oh, no, he didn't like, know about that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. Wait, Alex, Alex, you didn't know that lunch existed? <laughs> oh, no, I forgot about that meal. <laughs> but what about Elevensies? Oh, I love Elevensies. <laughs> But yeah, you, but, you're right. Is there's no it's it's very uh it's very easy to get comfortable with the lecturers, the presenters, and to share and impart your knowledge because this is a small enough convention that you have to care about either the people who are presenting or the guys who are there to hang out to want to go at all. And totally. amazingly and beautifully, you guys have created a convention where the people who come care about magic. And about doing good magic. Yeah, if you just care about tricks, this GGG is not for you. Yeah. If you just want to come and learn, I mean, you're going to learn tricks, but if you just want to come, if that's your main focus and nothing else, don't come. Yeah, you're not getting the full experience. <laughs> you're not seeing what it is that everybody else sees. And so, uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> How was the boba? It was good. I'm pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> This laugh is staying in. <laughs> we're in the middle of recording. I know, I know. <laughs> we just won't say who he is and we won't yeah. mention it. Oh my you know, God. I didn't know. No, we're, we're recording this in California, it's fine. Yeah, that's true. It yeah. is legal. Yeah, it's oh, legal. And he's a jazz pianist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who, 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 who could that be? Yes. My yes. I, oh, right. my God. Yes, pianist. Yes, pianist. <laughs> Can you hit the air and just turn it down a little bit? Oh, oh no, wait, I turned it off because it's loud. Oh, sorry. It's a little warm. It is. Yeah, I know. God, Take it off! It. No. <laughs> oh, wow, that is That's loud. your Just keep it off. I guess you can keep it off. <laughs> just, that, That's this it. is all staying in. Oh, we're only a quarter of the way done. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so Alex, what was your experience like? Your first time at this convention. Yeah, uh, it's been great. I think it's not to. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's been great. I think to Theron's point, I was really excited that it was mostly focused around sessioning, and that's what other people had told me beforehand. And then when I looked at the schedule list, I was like, wow, there's a lot of diversity of the subject matter everyone talked about because we had everything from Ron showing those videos of gambling cheating to Jason today talking about theory and how everyone had very different opinions. Wasn't that cool? It was so cool. I was super see. into it. I want to get a yeah. copy of that just to like yeah. go yeah. back and look at so, it. So Jason uh, Lettington uh, is, a, is a professor of philosophy at Bucknell University, at Bucknell University mm-hmm. and generally awesome dude. Uh, and he has written a couple of articles. He apparently got an award for the for the most recent article he wrote on philosophy of magic as uh, a new coming voice into the field of philosophy of uh, art. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's the so I read he handed me the article after Magi Fest earlier this year, and I read it, and it's amazing. It's really fascinating. Uh, so you should Google it. But the point of this is that he gave a talk. And because he's a professor, he brought the like clickers that you use in in classrooms where you like you have A B C D and he can ask you a question and you can chime in with like A B C or D agree strongly agree neutral disagree disagree strongly and he handed one to every single person in the room and then asked a bunch of questions that were like. <laughs> Do you think this person is a good magician? Do you think this person is a magician? Do you think that mentalism is magic? Do you think that uh, it has to be fooling to be strong magic? Do you have to like all? Is these... magic primarily emotionally stimulating versus intellectually stimulating? Right. You know. And then, in the moment, right then, 
you got every single person in the room's opinion on a bar graph on the screen, and then we sort of like changing in real time, changing, changing in real time, in real time. Yeah. and then we argued about it. Well, it was like awesome. with Jason sort of facilitating at the front of the room, and it was really cool. It was really awesome. Um, it was awesome. Yes. I think. I think. No, I think that my, for me, the most interesting part of that was I think it would have been easy for him to pick one of the things where there was large disagreement and we could have spent two hours talking about that in that room because uh, I during the break, I don't know if any of you heard this, he was telling uh, someone right next to me, he goes, the worst thing that could have happened in this situation is indifference. But that's not the case. Like it took us twice as long to get through the first 15 minutes that I thought it would because people were so passionate. They kept like challenging the questions and I'm so glad people took it that way because the questions were intended as provocative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think Michael, you brought up a good point, which was, I wish we could have seen the results of who changed and and how quickly because because even I found myself, I would press a button and I would say strongly agree to the question. And then I'd be like, do I strongly agree or do I agree? Or maybe I even feel indifferent to it. Yeah. Cause it, it was funny. Cause he would say, he would ask the question and a lot of the questions were purposefully ambiguous. They were designed to show as people were chiming in the way in which the question was ambiguous. And some of them were unintentionally ambiguous, but the, but the funny thing is you would see people, Chime in and be like, oh, obviously the answer is agree. We're all going to agree to this. And then you see a bunch of people saying strongly disagree. And you start to think, why would that be the case? And then you sort of dawns on you and then you think, oh, I should change my answer. Mm-hmm. And so you would see the, the graphs moving very fast as people were answering. And uh, yeah, I was wondering if there was a way to track how fast people moved their answer. But it was, it was really fascinating to see the graphs yeah. move like that. Especially because it was measured in a very quantitative way and it was a very qualitative or almost in some cases like an emotional reaction to what the question was. Totally. Absolutely. There's so much like bias, not bias, what was the word, like differentiating opinions. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Like I would think like on answers and questions was like, oh, everyone's going to vote yes for this. And you get like a couple no's and you're like, who in this room is thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so weird. Well, but there's, I mean, some of the questions are, are obviously, like, we we all know that there's a split in the magic world about should magic be presented as real? Is it beneficial to prevent to present magic as real or is it harmful to present magic as if it's real? And we all know that there's a split there. Like, yeah. some people really like that, some people really don't like that. On the other hand, uh, uh, the, I think maybe one of the best ones was uh, for as an example for all the things we've just been talking about is he put up uh, is this person a magician and he put up a picture of Yuri Geller yes and mm-hmm. everyone I think had a really strong visceral reaction absolutely that person is a magician or absolutely that person is not a magician and it only took a couple of seconds for people to sort of peanut gallery into the conversation for everyone to think of it in a different way like some people were like that guy's not a magician I hate that guy and and, and click. Hit, mm-hmm. click E or yeah. which is disagree uh, and then someone else would be like oh yeah but he's obviously a magician he's not real and then you go oh crap I hit E because I didn't like him but he's a magician because <laughs> he's using magic techniques and he's not admitting to it so now he's a magician well, but, but, but if it, magic is theater then that doesn't qualify and that's yeah. where you see this all this change and it was really it was an amazing it, lecture, and we're still jazzed about it. Yeah, You're, look at the passion coming from you right like, now. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was freaking awesome. It's, it's been ten very, hours since the lecture, and we're still talking about it. It's also very up my alley. Right, and he but, didn't teach one trick. For those of you listening, <laughs> there was no tricks taught. It was all awesomeness. Yeah, and, speak, and speaking to, to your point earlier, Elliot, uh, the one of the cool things about GGG in terms of the people who are here who like. To, to learn whatever it is about magic and not necessarily tricks. Yeah. Uh, Jason had a two hour lecture spot and he went an hour and then there was a break and then he went another hour and he was like, I've gotten through like two thirds of what I had. It's a full third of my lecture left because we ended up discussing so much. I have a bunch of it left. I'm going to take a f- another five minute break. And if anyone wants to leave, you know, go leave. And if anyone wants to stay for a much longer piece of the lecture, like come on back and like, Half of the room came back to hear hours three and four of this lecture, yeah. which just, I think, uh, speaks both to how compelling a lecture he was, but also just the interest of the people here. Yeah. And I, so I'm going to pull it back slightly to GGG as a whole, but 
I think one of the reasons this is my favorite convention is the schedule. Oh, so, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. As convention mm-hmm. organizers, you guys were fucking brilliant at the beginning. Uh, and, you know. That was selfish, I feel like. So, <laughs> it was totally so selfish. Deep so, inside, I'm uh, like, hmm, that's what I would have done. <laughs> so, the first lecture is on a Thursday night at 8 p.m. On Friday, there is an 11 a.m., uh, which is really early. Then there's what? A, Three a.m. Uh, 3 p.m. and then an 8 p.m. And then on Saturday, the third day after everyone goes hard, we don't start till 2. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Which is correct. <laughs> which is way better than a 10 a.m. lecture on a Saturday after you've no been one's session. Gonna, no, yeah. everybody's oh. got to wake up, oh, go eat yeah. dinner. And this goes back to being a session-focused convention. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, right now, I... I am right now. We're sitting in a room recording this, where there's fifty people, people in a room in session suite going hard, <laughs> and it is twelve twenty two a.m. Which is why you guys listening, this episode is as short as it is. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we're uh, keeping an eye on the clock. despite Rahul talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where are you gonna say? Oh, I also like just in true magic invention, magic invention form. Uh, the lecture starts at 2 p.m. We're all p.m. sweating our balls off? Is yes. No, no, no. I was just saying, uh, the, the lecture starts at 2 p.m. Yeah. And when you walk in, everyone's like, hey, good morning. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> right? yeah. that's, that's how magic conventions work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you were saying earlier, Theron, that this is a mellower convention than in New I think it's way mellower. I think we have, well, we have less people here this year. We have less people. Uh, we didn't advertise. We have um, less troublemakers here. We have less troublemakers. Yeah, it's super mellow. We didn't, we had no noise complaints last three years. Knock on wood. So that's they good. Did, There's re- still time. They blocked our rooms nicely. Yeah, so the they hotel, if you guys are interested, they did the. Uh, they gave us the suite. We're on the sixth floor, top floor. But then we had them book every single room around the suite, including the entire hallway, plus the floor right below the suite. So um, we don't have noise complaints. Yeah. There's a long history of yes. the session suite getting shut down for noise complaints Every at this convention. Yes. So I've broken something at the hotel. You've broken something at the hotel. I have, yes. What I about you guys? I don't believe I've broken anything here. No comment. Oh! <laughs> now, to be fair, I haven't broken anything in this hotel in 10 years. <laughs> okay, that's sure. That's fair. Wait, I want to hear the mythology. The mythology. This will, This is. I mean, we we touched on this a little bit at the very beginning, uh, but I was super stoked. I mean, I had ten years ago. I had just moved back to the Bay Area uh, from New York, and I was looking to like do a magic convention in my backyard, which is something I had never really done before. There, I don't think I'd ever really been to a magic convention in my city, and it was a magic convention thrown by my best friends with amazing talent and I was just excited to be here and we had the first lecture it was great and then I walk up to the session suite I was like this is going to be awesome and I walked in and I bumped up against this coffee table just as I was walking in to looking turning it like I don't think I actually turned around but I was someone talking to someone who was walking in behind me and as I was walking in I bumped into this coffee table coffee table bumped into the wall there was a mirror on the wall and it just shattered just it was the first thing that I did at this convention. I attended a lecture, and then I walked into the suite, and I <laughs> shattered a mirror. Uh, and I felt horrible. And Kent didn't let me live it down for years. <laughs> I don't think still, probably. Still, I just haven't seen Kent in a while. <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, that's how GGG started. Yeah, my first one was, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago? And uh, I guess, yeah, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago. And I had known you guys from other conventions uh, and came here with Dan and Spencer Peterson, showed up, had a wonderful time. I think, was this the year that Aussie was here? Probably. I don't know if it was that year or the year uh, after that, but anyway. It's probably yeah had a great time wonderful I cement it kind of cemented the relationships I have with each of you guys and uh, it was so warm and welcoming and everybody is really that's what it's all about is we're all we're all searching for this goal of good magic together right and this convention really embodies coming together and mostly fucking around but 
<laughs> but also, like, taking things seriously and considering things outside of the method of a trick. Uh, or at least the physical finger-flicking notions of a trick. Yeah, instead um, whoops Johnny and pedals around the roads, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, if you ever want to just be tortured for hours on end, you should ask Rahul about either of those things. Don't Google them, you'll ruin it for yourself. Yeah, do not Google them. It's like the game, which I just lost. God damn it, damn Elliot! Uh, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you just made, you've made dozens of people lose. <laughs> <laughs> dozens of Literally people. fives of people. <laughs> <laughs> Theron's looking very confused, so Theron... I'm just going to drink my deck. There I, are three rules. I haven't lost the game. I don't want to know that. No, okay. no, no, you're Theron, wrong. you are now playing the game. Playing. The rules of the game are as follows. Well, look, I don't want to do this now. No. We're initiating dozens of people. I'm not interested interested in in initiating. I don't... Look, this is supposed to be a positive thing. I don't want to ruin (laughs) literally tens of people. (laughs) (laughs) Look, look, the first night of the convention, I stayed up till 3 in the morning trying to figure out not a magic trick, but a puzzle, and I'm so glad I did it. You got oh, it. I got it. You, fi- you figured it out? You figured it out? Uh, the one thing. <laughs> the other thing was... Oh, it. that's true. You didn't. Yes. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, we're having a good time. The, I like this. So, most years of this convention, there has been something that, like, fooled everyone or, or got everyone animated and and that everyone engaged in. And it, it's cool that this is such a small convention because you can have, like, one thing ripple through everyone. Uh, and I know, like, this year it was these puzzles. This year it was these, like, bizarre games where you have to try to figure out the thing that... Think outside the box to figure out how, how it works. Uh, was it first Magic Convention or second Magic Convention with Mike Gallo? Who just did? Mike Gallo was at two or three. Yeah, so the second or third magic convention, Mike Gallo had this one of the greatest things ever. Had this trick that was just insanely good. It was very simple. He put out six coins using his right hand. of this. Using his right hand, he picked up three of the coins and put them in his right hand. Using his left hand, he picked up three of the. Uh, coins in his left hand and kept them in his left hand. These are silver Hands, dollars. Silver dollars. They never came anywhere close to each other. And he would just say, would you be impressed if I could make them go from my right hand to my left hand? And you'd say, yes. And he'd say, what about from my left hand to my right hand? And he would say, yes. And he would open one of his hands and they would be gone. And open the other hand and all six coins would be there and he'd just let them fall out. And there was, the hands never came and they were close to each other. Very, it was not, like it was, almost no movement. It, almost no movement. It was totally, it fooled Every single person. Steven uh, Ewell was so pissed, he threw a water bottle across the table and hit uh, Mike Gallo in the head. <laughs> and then got up and walked out of <laughs> the And got up and walked out. Wow. He was insane. This is a good epic GGG. I, I was going to say, how has GGG evolved, right? So I, have, I was not at the first two or three, I think. And then I've been at every one after. But how have you seen it change over the years? I know this year's mellower, but in general. The hotel's nicer. <laughs> they have upgraded the suite. Yeah, I think um, every year is different. It hasn't really necessarily evolved. I think we've gotten more mature from that standpoint. And I think that, you know, from a lecture choosing standpoint, we're picking people that um, have really good variety now. Um, I think we're still doing a really good job at that. But every single conference is going to be different because it really depends on who shows up. Not necessarily the lectures, but attendees. the attendees. Sure. And I feel that on par across the board, it's always been really solid because you just create a good environment, you know? Yeah. I don't know if there's like a... Ev- no, I agree with you. I think it's every year has been... Different. I don't think there's been a trend. There's not been a direction of the Correct. change in this convention. It every year is very different. It's all you need. There are things that are very similar across all the years, and we've been talking about the things that have been similar. And there are things that are very different, but they're uh, they're dependent on the particular year and the particular people who are here rather than any direction of change. Yeah, the format's not going to change. It's still going to be no dealer room, lots of session time, uh, a variety and a selection of people who come across from multiple different disciplines, people you've never heard of, people you may have heard of, uh, 
you know, technical abilities and old school style, all that's going to get mixed together. So whoever comes to this, it's going to have, it's going to hit all the buckets. You're going to hit mass market. You're going to hit super bleeding edge stuff and it's going to be fine. I think that's right. Yeah. This convention definitely has usual suspects as well. There's definitely a bunch of people who are here every year, no matter what. Right well, it's time. not. This isn't possible without the help of a lot of people. Will Chandler yeah, comes and brings and sets up the stuff, and Craig Osterlin helps out with uh, you know the name badges and stuff. And, and Howard and Luis have been running the session suite. They run the session suite. You know, we've got Carl and Roman who run tech, um, and you've got Steve Johnson uh, from Brand Illusions who runs our website. So it really, I mean, I, I just kind of show up and it kind of runs itself. I don't do anything. No, okay, but <laughs> no, but seriously, in all seriousness, there's a lot of people that help this. It is like not possible without the help of all these people. I'm probably forgetting people's names right now, but um, shout out to all of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Oh, oh I feel bad because Malik said that like eight times in his <laughs> performance. That's why they call I'm him not King. Ripping it off guys. Call him King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it re- you know, it really it truly is something special that you and Dave and Ken created years ago and others and have collaborated on and made this really people got really pissed when we just said we're not gonna do it again. Like truly upset. I was like wow. I was one of them. <laughs> yeah. And like, you guys can't stop doing this. I'm like, you guys really like it that much? I'm like, yeah. You know? Yeah. So we got to keep moving forward. It's an escape. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like. It's always a progression. I think from an evolution standpoint, we're holding back to your question. It's, it's just going to evolve over time. Um, and it needs to evolve. Yeah. But the core of the essence of why we created this will still be there. Totally. We're I mean, all the things that. that we talked about, like, uh, as rough brainstorm ideas as they are for next year yeah. are about continuing all the things we love about it and like how do we make that better right, right. I think that's pretty clear in, in our discussion but I don't want to get into it yeah so and I'm really excited that I mean this is my first time coming so I'm really glad you guys are continuing because I definitely want to keep coming it's been cool freaking Thanks, awesome man. yeah absolutely I mean we've got I think another cool piece for me is how far people come to this convention from, right? Like, it's a tiny convention. There are, what, 65, 70 people here this year? Mm -hmm. And um, Jonathan Lowe flew in from Singapore to hang out for three days. Um, And Jean Thomas, I found out why he's not here. He's from Canada. He was supposed to come. His passport passport was expired. expired, I was like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> uh, you have know, got people coming in from New York most years, and people from you know Hawaii and all over the place. Well, really Australia's awesome. here this year. That's yeah. true. Benny and Eddie. It's, you know, it's really it's cool. cool. Yeah, it's making quite a little name for itself. You know why? Because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's the oh, best yeah. time. This I this year has been mellower though. I think it's I mean, we've already talked about it, but it's there's fewer people here. But we're just older. We're older. <laughs> and the troublemakers aren't here. Like yeah. Ricky Smith. Yeah, let's see if Ricky was here and just Ricky, I'm really come, mad you're not here. Come make trouble. Me too. I'll see you at the wedding. I know. And, you oh. saw him last weekend, you can't be that mad. Yeah. I haven't seen him. I can still see him waving to people. <laughs> We're on the raft, and he's just like waving. So <laughs> and he's like, so I I, had, I I told you guys this. So I'm driving with Ricky back to the airport on Sunday night or whatever. And every car we pass, Ricky looks out the window and is like waving at people. <laughs> and and I'm like, Ricky, are you waving at every car we pass? And he goes, Yeah. <laughs> like, Why? Why, Ricky? Like, I I know you're a special person. I didn't think you were that kind of special. Why are you waving at everyone? He goes, well, I've been thinking about it, and I think the biggest problem that humanity has right now is a lack of neighborliness. And I figured if I wave at people and I make them smile, maybe they'll return a lost wallet or something. Uh, or Michael will get his diary back. I know. Man, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Ricky. It's all thanks to you. <laughs> But, but and then, like, instantly, I was like, wow, that's so true, Yeah. right? 
And so, like, I've been making it a point in the recent past to actually, like, smile and say hi to people. Or, like, hey, you dropped something. Or thanks. Or whatever. And so, I think it's, um... I don't know. Ricky is awesome. That's what I was saying. Ricky's great. <laughs> and, and if you find a lost notebook or a lost wallet, call return it. Inside. And also call the person and just tell them, hey, I found your thing and I will be sending it back to you so that they don't stress out, which will happen. And if you're a barista <laughs> and you get a lost notebook, don't throw it away. We're talking about around this, but uh, about two months ago, I left my magic notebook on a plane. I left it in seat 24D of a flight from Dallas to San Francisco. I know exactly where it was, and I just, I put it on the seat while I got my bag out of the overhead compartment, and then I walked off the plane without it, because I'm an idiot. Uh, and uh, couldn't find it. No one had it. No lost and found have it. Police didn't have it. No one had it. And I just, after calling the airport and lost and found and TSA for three weeks straight, I had given up on it. And one day, it showed up, uh, just showed up having been mailed back to me uh, with a note that said someone found it in a coffee shop, handed it to the barista, the barista threw it away. The person saw that they threw it away, picked it out of the trash can, and then mailed it back to me. So, some people are awesome, like this person, who mailed it back to me anonymously. And some people suck, like that barista who tried to throw it away. So, be... Be like the awesome person, and don't be like that barista. This is all the information for your second book, right? Right. <laughs> no, it was terrifying, right? So also a good lesson is that I have been writing in that notebook all of my even remotely what I consider worthwhile magic ideas for my own new stuff since February of 2015. So it's been like over two and a half years since I have uh, started working in that notebook, and none of it was backed up. Uh, and I feel strongly about writing in physical form because I just, I enjoy it and so I like it a lot. But, back up your shit. Like, just scan it or take a picture of it. Well, two pro tips. Adobe Scan, you should download awesome. the app, it's free. And basically, you can flip through pages and it will scan all of them. So if you have like hundreds of documents, you can scan them really fast on your phone, it's great. Uh, and it's searchable PDF text as well, which is really nice. Uh, the second pro tip is, if you're amenable to not writing in a um, old-fashioned analog format. Uh, I am a big fan of the iPad Pro and Pencil. If that's something that's within your budget, I highly recommend it. I've found it really useful and it's replaced my laptop. Um, and I was gonna say, speaking of books, like Feldman and Plunkett just put out an awesome book. Not to like Hey, you should go check it out, but I think it's a real We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, Magical Thinking, is brought to you by... Ryan Plunkett and Michael Feldman's new book, A New Angle. Get a new angle on this book. That was the worst pitch. And then taper done. your decks. <laughs> Where books are sold. <laughs> Wherever books are sold, or specifically Ryan's website. <laughs> Ryan C. Plunkett.com. <laughs> All You're of well, those words are hard to spell. You're welcome, right? There will be a link in the show notes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. What are... Uh, how how have you guys as... Uh, th okay, this is interesting. How have your perspectives on magic changed since the first time you went to GGG? And I'm going to include you in this on it, Alex. So, you first. Dramatically. Dramatically. Uh, I mean... Uh, 11 years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, and my perspective on magic has changed a, a ton over that time. I mean, I have, when I, 11 years ago, I was getting back into magic for the first, like I, I had done magic as a teenager and in my early, early 20s, or I, I guess just as a teenager, and then I'd gotten out of it. I got back into it in my early 20s. Uh, but I was just starting to learn techniques again and didn't really have a perspective and didn't really have a point of view and didn't really have anything to say with it and uh, didn't have a great idea of how to present magic. Uh, and I've found, like, the last 11 years has been, like, me finding my voice and figuring out what I want to say and do in the magic world. And so it's been, uh, like, I'm a hugely different performer now than I was, was back then. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it comes from sitting down and talking with people and yeah, the way I learn about everything, which is arguing with people. About <laughs> I was going to say, really talking with people, Michael? <laughs> Ta arguing <laughs> is talking. 
So I, yeah, I don't even. I'm not sure I can point to a lot of specifics. I mean, I, yeah. I I know what my I I know what I think my voice is now, and I I know that I didn't really have much of one then, but uh, it. I mean, it's it seems like night and day. Yeah. Um. It's changed a lot. I think the first time I came to GGG, I it was like my second convention ever, and so I was. Um, we talked about my first convention ever last time, yeah. but it's sort of like I was in that holy shit, magic is an art, not just tricks at the beginning, and now I'm very aware of that, and I'm thinking about like how do I what are frameworks that I can utilize to make my magic better and um I think one of the clear things for me is I went from looking for tricks that I was interested in to now. I think this is maybe the third convention where I feel like I've gone into the convention with, hey, I have six pieces I'm working on, and I'm just going to do them for everyone and get feedback. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, magic has become a collaborative art for me. And that's been really good. And it always has been with the guys in the local area, but uh, it's different to go to a convention with people you see once a year and say, like, hey, here's the thing I've been working on for a year, three months, one week, whatever. Yeah. Really simple. I've transitioned from a move monkey to someone who actually does performing for people. And when I first started GGG, I was focused on technical moves that would really appeal to magicians. You know, all the subtleties and the esoteric bullshit. And it's fine. People, it's fine. You, there's a marketplace for that. But it's not what I'm focused on anymore. I'm focused on fooling real people and creating really good ex magical experiences for people and that's what it's about you know there's you know so the last couple ggs we've really tried to refine and get good performers in here that work yeah that actually do paid gigs and that's what's meaningful to me because i want to talk to these guys and say hey what have you done what's working what's not working because when when you first when i first started ggg and not have the flight time I had down, you know? So I didn't know what was good. I was just going off of what I was, what I thought was cool at magic conventions. You know, like, oh, that's cool, it fooled me. And what, what was good from my standpoint was if it fooled me, it was good. And if it didn't fool me, it was bad. And those were the wrong parameters to judge stuff. But you kinda, you know, once you start actually doing a lot of gigs, you figure out real quickly that a lot of the stuff that you held a lot of value in, Yeah has very little value in a practical application. And the only way of doing that is to do lots and lots of performing. And you'll figure out real quick what's truly valuable out there. And one of the things that throwing these conferences is that we can pretty much set the lineup and get whoever we want. And so if I want to have a sit down time with, you know, Alfonso. Yeah. And talk to him about, you know, his performance, his background, his stories, I can do that. And that's exactly what we did, you know? Um, yeah, he did his lecture, but I wanted to spend an hour with him in the session suite just asking questions and hanging out. Yeah. Did you see his Mickey Mouse trick? It's fantastic. So good. Uh, before you answer, Alex, I just want to say to the listeners, anything that you do should be a little bit selfish. <laughs> because if you're not enjoying it, if you're not getting something out of it, you shouldn't be doing it anyway. If it's not enjoyable if it's not exciting if it's not something worth doing for yourself why try and even do it for other people there's somebody else that can do that job that enjoys it i must agree with you that like there has to be value in it right it doesn't have to be in the moment it could be for your long-term future you could hate doing homework but you better bust your ass and do it because it will make a difference for you in the future but other than that i totally agree okay great Alex is up. Uh, no, this has been super, super encouraging for me because I'm not a professional magician, but I really want to strive to get better and uh, and to and to get more flight time. And what's been really nice is there's a lot of magicians here who I think are in a, a similar boat, but uh, more experienced and are just as serious as as the guys who are doing it professionally and. I haven't felt the the barrier to sharing things at a, at a bigger convention. You might be more nervous about sharing what you're working on because it's not quite at the the level 
you'd like it to be. But I feel like here I've shown things uh, to people far more than I have at other conventions, which has been great. And and that no one is really blocking you from having a discourse about something for any any reason based on your background or anything like that. So um, I still haven't seen you do a trick, so I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll, we'll correct that. <laughs> I'm so kidding. <laughs> That's very well said. And then for me, um, I think this is the first convention I ever went to that was small and that was community oriented that was about sharing so you're saying size doesn't matter i'm saying <laughs> most of the ocean is it's getting late sorry uh, <laughs> you're getting punchy. Yeah. um yeah i the first magic convention i ever went to was magic con and i think the second one i ever went to was ggg and this convention is so beautifully put together it's so nonchalant like there's no pressure everybody's good or interesting and both uh everybody is open they want to share because that's what this is that's what the time is that's what the experience is and it's very welcoming and it's very fun it's very nonchalant it's very again no pressure and it's just such a wonderful atmosphere to come into that you have created Thanks, man. and that your friends and colleagues and, and helpers and collaborators have, have cultivated is this it's okay you don't know what you're talking about yet we're not going to be condescending to you but we are going to challenge you and as you've matured uh, just based on what you just said and as long as I've been a part of it, I, I sort of see that change in the lineup and who's doing it professionally, who's meeting the goals that you're trying to meet personally, but also attacking it in a way that's you know original to them and bringing those people in so that the conversation is not, again, about slight, it's about technique, it's about what what's the point? What's the purpose? What are you trying to do? What experience are you trying to give to your audience? What emotions are you trying to make them feel? What is, why are we doing this, right? That's right. Everyone has plenty of tricks. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a very generic thing to say, but I, I agree. You have enough tricks, you just need to go out and do them. Yeah. And so I want to hear people's, you know, how they do it. And I think that for me, that's a, another big change. I mean, there's a big change in, in the magic that I do over the last, since the first GGG, but uh, I, I approach magic conventions pretty differently now than I did 11 years ago. And 11 years ago, I mostly like, I sat in the front row and I'm like, I need to learn this trick. I'm gonna write everything down. And it's and I need to add to my store of magical knowledge, which I like, I still wanna add to the store of my magical knowledge, but now, the reason I come to a convention is for the community and for the people yeah. who are around at other times other than the lecture, rather than, I'm, I'm no longer trying to run around and collect all the information I can. I'm like, I want to engage with people and, and workshop my own material or just hang. Uh, and it's, and it's, I don't know, I'm, it makes me happy that, I, that I'm in that place now at, at magic conventions. Yeah. There's that great Ira Glass quote that got turned into a video uh, about becoming an artist and like trying to find your voice and the reason that you got into whatever you got into yeah. is because you had a sense of aesthetic that you liked and never forget that. And I think to a large degree, that's what I find the most interesting now in conventions. Your approach has changed. I think mine has too. I don't look for tricks generally now. I have an aesthetic or a thing that I really like, and I go, I'm going to find that thing in whatever other people are doing, and I'll go talk to people about why I like this thing, and maybe it's a disagreement. Hey, I really like the aesthetic of wine glasses on the table with cards in it. For me, yeah. that's a beautiful image, and some people are like, I don't want a wine glass. I just bought a fucking coin box. I never thought I would have one, and then I held it in my hands, and I was like, oh, wait, no, this is cool. I could do cool shit with this. Right. Yeah. It's very cool. Craig's Quinn box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. I know. <laughs> I just bought one. Yeah. I love it. Is it time for an advertisement? 
<laughs> uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> this episode of Magical Thinking is brought to you by Craig Osterling's Primal uh, Gimcrack, or whatever he calls it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, no, I think that's right. I think so. For me, a lot of what's interesting about going to conventions now, like Michael said, is the community, but not just the community, it's discussing differences of opinion as well as uh, agreements um, for an aesthetic choice artistically. Yeah. yeah. And something that I especially today was thinking about because of Jason's talk about what is magic, quote unquote magic. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. But. Because of his talk, I was thinking a lot about uh, the talk that I had with Sean this morning, which, listeners, last week's episode, Sean Eric, this is what I'm referencing currently, um, we talked a lot about horror and comedy and the emotions and, and uh, interaction that you have with the medium and the product of it. You know, in that time, and it was just really fascinating that that's the conversation we had this morning. And then I go into we go into Jason's lecture, and he's talking about this kind of thing as far as magic is concerned, the experience of it. Mm. And that, to me, was meaningful because one, it cemented these thoughts and ideas that I have, and two, because one, I drove up here because I love you guys. We love you. We love you, too. Two. Thank you. Two, I drove up here because every time I've been here, I have memories I'll never forget. Three, every time I've come, I've grown. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> what? What? Oh, come on. Sorry, guys. Rahul's having That was it. so cheap, Rahul. <laughs> I, you asked. I said oh nothing. My I said nothing. I've, I've grown. I've learned. I've, I've thought about what it is that I do and, and the goals that I have in a different way. Every time. And I think it is because it's small. I think it is because it's encouraging. I think it is because everyone's willing to share. And also, there's a lot of free booze, which, thanks, Theron. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but seriously, it, it really is, uh, it's my favorite, my favorite place to be. Cool. Yeah. Guys, it's one o'clock. The session suite is beckoning. I know. It's, uh, yeah, 55 minutes in. Um, quick, what's your favorite story that you can tell, Michael, that you're allowed to tell? Why don't we keep starting with me? Because you're on my, it's... Well, I shouldn't have sat here then. All right. That's my fault. Alex, what's your favorite? What's your favorite GGG story? Oh man, uh, listeners! About thirty minutes ago, 40, 45 minutes ago, Ellie sure. and I shotgunned a beer uh, on the the patio. Oh, that was suite. like two hours ago. Bro. Was it that long? Yeah. Ago? <laughs> well, that makes it even more fun. <laughs> yeah, we shotgunned a beer on the patio. Darren, favorite GGG memory that you're allowed to tell uh, without anyone else's permission? So horrible. <laughs> Uh, just GGG1, Armando's thing. I told you before. Just, you know, the emotion. I mean, he's the epitome of, like, creating magic, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you have never seen him, you need to see him live. Do a real show for real people to understand what I'm talking about. But there's very few people out there in my mind that just... It's magic. Yeah. You are watching magic. Juan Tamarez gets that emotion. Um, there's a couple or a handful of people, but, like, very rare where you're just, like, you shut down and you go... That's like the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's what it's about. Right on. Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Rahul. This is going to sound super cheesy, but I think it's not unique to GGG. Definitely happens here. I think my favorite moment was maybe three years into coming to this convention. I'd had a really shitty day at work. It was a Thursday, finished work. I got here at like maybe 15 minutes before the lecture started. And, you know, I was like, God damn it, I'm not going to be there on time. I walked into the lecture room and I think like somebody turned around and yelled, Rahul's here. And like the entire room turned around and I was like, oh, I'm with my people. Everything's okay. And it was just like the hellos and the warm, like you're there with your people. Yeah. I think that's probably my favorite moment. Yeah. Uh, 
I think my favorite moment. There's so many. There, are, there's a ton of great moments. Of course, not, there's no, there's no good I, answer. I, I, to I know this there's question. not a good answer to this question. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm gonna end up reaching back. What year was Steve Dobson? Steve for was he first year, second year? Steve Dobson came. Well, Steve's been here like multiple. I think he yeah, yeah, you yeah, talked lecture. lecture. Yeah. No, I think that was year three. Okay. So year three of this convention is still a very long time ago. Uh, but I, I was early on, first, second, third year, something in there. Uh, and I had all, and I've always, you know, this person is fascinating, and I want to go talk to them, and I don't know how to approach them, and how do I do it? And I was still in that sort of phase of uh, being a, a magician at the convention, and Steve Dobson, I think two days in a row, like, came and found me. I was like, hey, I'm going to lunch with X, Y, and Z person who are all lecturers on the bill and who are all awesome and definitely people I wanted to talk to. And I was like, hey, come with us. And rather than being a nobody who had to go find people who were, uh, find and convince people who I respected and wanted to learn from to let me go to lunch with them, they came and found me. Because uh, it was a small enough place and there was a friendly enough place that it happened. And it's like that. That just made me feel so good at a time in magic when I uh, had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, it's one, of the, it's one of the best feelings I've had at a convention ever. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, my favorite memory is Charles walking in and going, I'm very high. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we weren't mentioning his name. It's not. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still high. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, my uh, my favorite memory. Ah, oh, damn! I had a second joke I was gonna make, and I forgot what it was. Um, Are you also very high? I'm not. No, uh, I've had some uh, like five beers, six beers. Um, yeah, my favorite memory of GGG. There's some really good ones. I, oh, the second joke was slapping the shit out of Dan. <laughs> Which isn't really a joke. I really did thoroughly enjoy that. Um, but, yeah, my favorite memory of GGG is showing up with uh, Dan and Spencer, hugging you guys, seeing you, and immediately feeling at home. I didn't know anybody else, but I was like, I know these guys everything's going to be cool and it was and it was the best and I had an amazing time every year since I've come back because it's you can't once you, it's one of those things that you don't know you need until you have it yeah and you go oh this is what heroin feels like <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like I'm addicted to heroin now um, that's a great example. So, I heard herring, and, and I was all like, relate to that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, right. You can't. Uh, no, but you, <laughs> you come, you, you come, and you go. Oh, this is community. This is, um, this is non-judgmental criticism. This is we're all in this together. Uh, this is we disagree, and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and I'm going to talk shit about you in the lobby, but we're still friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the story of a girl. The story of a girl. This is the notebook. It is. Um, it's fun with friends. It's fun with friends. Fun with friends. This convention is McDonald's. Michael was fucking here at GGG when I like became obsessed with all that stuff. Do you remember that? I vividly with remember. People. Yes. I vividly remember walking back from the area over where the burger place and the pizza place are, and you and I quoting Pete Holmes's first and second albums. Um, so it's all like basically, <laughs> basically who I am and the way I think and the way I feel and the way that I act is because of this convention. And to the we rest apologize. of the we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. We hit an hour. We did it, you guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> I actually um, want to ask Alex one last question before we... It's first time here. Please. What would you change about GGG if you could change anything? Oh, man. It just fades out now. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, that's a tough one. I don't. I don't know. I mean... Well, how about this to rephrase the question? Your expectations versus the reality. 
Ooh, were expectations met? Were you disappointed, or were you sort of coming at it as I don't really know what's going to happen? Like, I would say it far exceeded my expectations because uh, before before I came here, I didn't up until a week ago, I didn't know anyone who was. I didn't know anyone I'd met in person who was coming. I'd, I'd spoke to all you guys via the internet and everything. Uh, and then I found out Elliot was coming. And within five minutes of sort of talking to everyone in the convention, I had already sat with a bunch of people and started talking about magic. And, and like Elliot was saying, I, I immediately felt, oh, these are, these are my people. These are the people who understand, you know, the same things you're thinking about on a daily basis that normally... Um, you don't really get to talk to people in person about those things. And w- whether we have differences of opinions, we're all, you know, our brains are working in very similar capacities. So it's it's cool to, to talk about that and feel that, you know, sort of shared experience. Yeah, Alex walked up to me day one and we're setting up. He's like, are you Theron? I'm like, yeah. And he introduced himself to me. He's like, I knew it was you. I'm like, how'd you know? Oh, because I listened to your other podcasts and you were in like Earth Tones. <laughs> <laughs> this is That's amazing. <laughs> That's where we end the podcast. That's the end of this podcast, right there. Magical thinking, changing lives. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, look. I really do love you guys like family. You're the best. I mean, you've been hugely influential in my life and I'm sure in many people's lives. And I couldn't thank you enough. And I appreciate you. Uh, we all appreciate for doing you, man. The, the, the second episode for each of you. And okay. uh, Alex, of course, uh, thanks for letting me crash <laughs> on your spare bedroom <laughs> in, your, in your hotel room and uh, for doing this episode. So. This is great. Thanks, guys. This is fantastic. This thanks is awesome. for thanks for being here, and for making GGG more awesome. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> the night is young. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need troublemakers here. Thanks right. in advance for ruining GGG. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Magical Thinking. If you enjoyed the show, head over to patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash magicalthinking, and become a patron to support the show and get access to exclusive content. Feel free to interact with me on Patreon, through the Facebook group, which you can find by searching Magical Thinking, or by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com. Follow us on all the social media channels, and tune in every Thursday for a new episode. I'll see you next Thursday. Cheers.